0: hello everyone this is alex trumbull from the alex trumbull show and today we have another great episode lined up for you see today we have the president and founder of feds protection tony bernetti as well as miss brenda wilson who serves as their director of federal employee and contractor programs see today's conversation is a very interesting conversation because it's a little more of a technical technical conversation because the reality is is do Federal employees need protection. Do they need insurance to protect them from legal liability? And I think what you'll get from this conversation is, well, I'm not gonna tell you the answer, but I'm sure I know your answer once you listen to it. In addition to discussing the legal challenges that federal employees face, we also discuss influence in a broader sense. How do you convince someone to do something that they don't think they need to do? It's actually a really interesting process, and I am looking forward to sharing that with all of you today. But before we get started, I want to remind everyone, and especially you, yes, you right there, um, (laughs) that I'm offering a free one-on-one coaching session. Well, one second, say it one more time. A free one-on-one coaching session worth $250 for one audience member at random each month. And all you have to do to be in the drawing for this awesome one-on-one coaching session is to tag me in a post or in the comment section on linkedin instagram twitter and even youtube asking me the question you have about leadership mentoring networking or just career success in general and remember my hashtag is alex d tremble a-l-e-x-d-t-r-e-m-b-l-e you can find me on instagram twitter with the same hashtag in addition, when you ask your question, be sure to hashtag the A T show. So we make sure we see it. D-T-H-E-A-T-S-H-O-W, the T H E A T S H O W. The A T Show. Now, without any further ado, our guest from Feds Protection. Hello everyone, this is Alex Trimble from the Alex Trimble Show. And again, I have two wonderful guests with me. Um, Mr. Tony Vert. Vernetti, sorry, and Brenda Wilson. How are you both doing today? I'm doing great, Alex. Thanks for having us.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. So
0: if I can, we can continue the conversation we were having before the, the camera turned on actually the other day. Um, we wanted to talk about leadership and in the federal landscape. Uh, but before we start doing that, can you just give our guests a little bit of understanding on what both of you do?
2: Sure, I'll um I'll introduce um our company, um, and I'll let um, Brenda talk a little bit about what she does for us at, at Feds Feds Protection. Um, Feds Protection is a, a insurance agency that provides professional liability insurance to to federal employees and contractors. Um, and essentially, you know, this is. A product that helps federal employees, you know, have peace of mind when they're doing their job because they can be vulnerable to um, civil lawsuits. They can be vulnerable to investigations, disciplinary actions, and even criminal investigations. Um, I myself, I'm a, I'm a lawyer by by um, education and training and, and profession. how I, you know, identify. Um, but nobody uh, should hold that against me um, <laughs> I, um, used to do all the legal work off of a competitor program. Uh, I, myself, am a former federal employee, worked, uh, many years at ATF, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Um, and then I, I started this company, you know, back in 2007, um, really kind of with a passion of education for federal employees, um, that I really, you know, believe that they, they needed this coverage. They, they, they you know, they did, quite understand i believe you know why they needed it um and really thought i can put a, a competitor into the marketplace that that did right by by federal employees i always you know say you know this this tongue-in-cheek thing you know i didn't leave a very successful law practice to be an insurance agent i'm really trying to run a, a program that does does right by by federal employees and i and i think we are we are doing that um, you know and you know if you think about it i'm sure we'll talk a little bit about this as we as we go in our our chat today but you know we have feds you know have been at the heart of almost every major event impacting federal employees you know you think about you know waco ruby ridge 9-11 the wars torture investigation you know wildland fires the the scandals at agencies such as you know gsa you know, IRS. ATF, you know the VA recently, and then you know the big kind of one we've done, you know, two thousand, you know, the impeachment proceedings. You know, we provided representation to to people there, so we've been, you know, at the at the at the heart of all those big events. Um, you know, the FBI, Russian investigations. Um, so we really do have our, our finger on the pulse of what's going on in the federal government. You know, and. You know, look, we are, you know, we are the leading provider in this space. We are endorsed by all the leading federal employee associations. Um, And, you know, there's a a reason for that. Um, And, you know, a good part of that reason are are my people, you know, and, you know, this is going to be a show we're going to talk about leadership Um, and good leadership is about surrounding yourself. With, you know, with not only smart people, you know, we can go, you can go find smart people, you know, everywhere, but you need people that are, that are passionate, you know, about, you know, what we do, you know, and passionate for themselves to make a difference, you know, and, and one of my best people is on the call with us today is, you know, is Brenda, you know, and nobody is more passionate, you know, about, you know, what we do you know, and, and how she does it, you know. So with that, Brenda, I'll let you introduce yourself and, and and tell them, you know, what, what you do for us.
1: Well, thank you, thank you. I, um, I actually have a very easy job. I absolutely love my job, so that's why it's so easy. Um, interestingly enough, um, I thought this was going to be the easiest gig in the world, um, coming to sell insurance policies that federal employees absolutely need, for next to nothing. So I thought this was going to be an easy job that I worked at for just, you know, it'd be quick and easy. I'd be in and out in a couple of years. Every, once everybody knew that they needed, you know, or that this insurance was available, that um, they would buy it. And then, you know, I wouldn't have a job. Um, however, that was not the case. Um, the federal government is massive, as you both know. But um, what I learned very early on is that people purchase this liability insurance for different reasons. And I've worn several different hats um, for Tony um, when he was building feds. Um, And the most exciting hat is the one I get to wear right now. I get to work with um, agencies and federal employee associations and learn truly about what they do um, their day-to-day, which allows us to have a better handle on um, what their exposures are. So the claims are coming in all the time. We see what those claims are. But when you get to meet with people and you understand what their real concerns are, um, it gives you a completely different perspective and a completely different um, appreciation of what all of the federal government employees do and the various um uh, roles they have to play in their jobs. Um, so I just don't think people um, understand um, the types of people that work for the federal government. The it's interesting. I was just in um, Kansas City this week, meeting with some IRS folks who are a blast. Um, however, it was interesting. We were sitting at the table talking about you know the insurance and. We started talking about federal veterinarians, something to do with COVID. And the woman at IRS leans over and goes, There are veterans that are veterinarians that work for the federal government. And it was just amazing to me that I take for granted all of the different things that these people do. And there are just so many people that aren't aware of what what all takes place. So I didn't really talk about me. I was talking more about the federal employees. But anyway, my job is super easy. I get the best job in the world. So um
0: no no worries no worries but you you both as everyone here listening knows I try to keep these these conversations fairly organic so there's no planned questions and I really try to roll off of what was shared and and you shared some really great information both of you so my first question is why does a leader why does a leader need you Uh, I'm gonna be completely honest when I was um when I first took my first supervisory position, um, I was told, Hey, you should probably get some insurance. Um, And I was like, but why? Because I'm a good supervisor. I'm not going to do anything bad. I don't understand why I need to give my money away. Why would someone need to have insurance if they're a good leader?
2: So, you know, that's, you know, you put your finger right on it. That's the, that's the biggest Alex, that's the biggest barrier. Um, to, you know, Brenda's this job, you know, my job, you know, is to, you know, explain to people the why, because you're absolutely right. You, you know, you were, and all of our insureds are, dedicated, hardworking civil servants. They did not get up to come to work today to do something wrong. You know, they do not believe that if something were to happen, the agency won't have their back. You know, the agency that they've given, you know, 20, 20, 30 years to their blood, sweat, and tears, you know, they just don't believe that. Um, unfortunately, that's apathy, and that's not the case. That's not the real world anymore. You know, and I'm here to, you know, tell, you know, look, I've been doing this a long time, you know, you know, over 25 years on on both sides of the fence. You are not gonna get through a career in the federal government and be doing your job, you know, managing people trying to get a day's work for a day's pay, holding people accountable um, and not have somebody file a complaint against you. You know, and when the complaints are filed, they still are complaints against you. Even if you didn't do anything wrong, you know, the agencies, you know, need to look into it, you know, if for nothing else, for transparency. And you look, and when that happens, um, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're definitely going to want to have, you know, somebody, you know, on, on your side. Um, so we, we go to great links to give examples um, of, of what happened. And, and I used to run this little series on our website called back when you used to actually read a newspaper. Right. You know, I would bring in a Washington Post and I would give it to one of one of my um, one of my um, colleagues here and say, look, we're going to write this article. We're going to do this session. It's called Yesterday's Headlines, Today's Coverage. We would take a headline you know from from the news you know and just say look if you were this federal employee in this and you had a policy here's how it would protect you you know and we're like we're trying to get them to look at and realize you know thereby you know kind of thereby the grace of god goes me um you know stated kind of a much more um simplistic way you know with insurance you know another you know reason we you know so that's successful right when people you know, they can see and identify with that, or they've seen other people go through it. Um, you know, the, there was the GSA scandal years ago in Vegas, um, you know, the party in Vegas, right? You know, you know federal employees in Vegas are just, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I remember right, that. Right. To, right to, yeah. It can be a sitcom. Um, but, you know, so there were four, you know, ap- the, the aftermath of it classic government overreaction, let's go investigate, you know, anybody to everybody who ran a conference, and ended up firing four big regional directors, you know, was kind of the offshoot, you know, of that. Um, And one of the four had professional liability insurance, you know, he was able to to litigate and get his job back. Um, the other three had to take had to take early retirement. So we show examples like that, and people that resonates with them. The other thing that we've been successful in sort of explaining to people, you know, I would say if you're that young manager, um, you know, Alice, because you're still a young man, um, that you know, look, you can buy liability insurance your whole career, right? Never need it, never use it. Only have peace of mind that it's there. Okay, and. You know the government pays for half of it for managers and supervisors. It's relatively inexpensive. You would have spent like five, six thousand, maybe seven your whole career. Never used it and was just there for peace of mind. That is not changing your standard of living when you retire. Okay, but if you got to pay somebody like me, you know fifty, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, you know, of your hard-earned money, if you have to take out a loan, you know, against your thrift savings um, plan and things like that, it is. Going to change your standard of living you know when you retire so financial advisors would tell you look if you have any exposure you know professional personal exposure that you can insure away at a, at a low cost you should always do that even if you believe the probability of you needing it you know is low and the final thing we tell people is hey there's a reason the government's reimbursing this you know that is a benefit you know they know you have this vulnerability you know, why would you leave that leave that on the table, you know, at, you know, so that's the managers, the law enforcement officers, they get half paid, you know, at the CIA and other intelligence agencies. It's 100 percent reimbursable. But I will even have employees at the intelligence agencies not buy it and say the government shouldn't have to spend that money, you know, for me. I should put there still that, you know, you know, that line of thinking. And and that is the biggest barrier that, that, that we've, that we face, you know, is it can never happen to me, you know, you know, and I'm not doing any, you got to, they have to almost envision themselves that they're going to do something wrong. They're not wired to think that way.
1: Well, and this is the reason I'm still employed, Alex. So, (laughs) um, like I said before, you know, when I first took this job a year after Tony started feds, um, it's. I, you know, I work in the insurance industry. I always have, and it's a no brainer. It's like the, the biggest no brainer. It's 300 bucks. If you get reimbursed, it's 150 bucks. If you go one, one issue, one, one issue over your career and you call an attorney on the phone, it's going to cost you $717 just to have that conversation over the phone. I mean, to me, I really thought Once I, you know, started working with Tony and was able to get out there and tell people, hey, you need this and this is why, um, I'd be out of a job, but I'm still here. So, you know, people like you keep me employed, Alex.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if that's a good thing or bad thing. God, I I mean, good thing for you, I guess. Um, (laughs) You know, so I I, want to follow up on what you just said, Brenda, make a real quick point, you know. There is a reason why I was so excited to have this conversation. It's because um, I was that guy. Um, I ended up in a situation where, again, I just rose-colored glasses or shades, whatever, right? And I just knew it was going to be okay, right? And I remember going to the solicitors and telling them, just kind of giving them my side of the story and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, they, they got me. These are the government's lawyers. They're good at what they do. And then I found out that they're the government's lawyers. <laughs> they're not mine. And when it wasn't in the interest of the, the government at that point, they weren't in my interest. And I had to literally take, it was like $14,000 from my TSP to pay for a lawyer um, to protect myself. And it was, it was really hard. It was a really, really emotional, emotionally tough time. And also just, again, as a, as a public servant saying, but I was doing the right thing. Why, why aren't they here for me? And so I'm really appreciative that we could have this conversation. And and if either of you have anything to say in response to that, before I ask my next question, I want to open the floor for you.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, you know, that's a very, you know, good um, legal distinction that you made for a (laughs) non-lawyer. You know, it is, they, that, you know, often your interests and the agency's interests are completely aligned. You know, but like as a manager, you let's say you're taking an action against an employee. You know, like I like to joke, like you're trying to get a day's work for a day's pay, right? You know, and I get that you feel harassed that I'm telling you, you got to do your job. You know, I understand that. And they file a complaint. You're doing that on advice of HR, the agency legal counsel. But when they file a lawsuit against you, they file a complaint against you. You're right. Even though your interests and the agencies are aligned, the agency lawyers, their duty of loyalty, that's an ethical principle for lawyers, is always, you know, to the agency, you know, and it, they could be, you know, in, you know, an advancing an, an interest that is as adverse to yours. I mean, I can tell you, when I was probably your age, when you say you spent $14,000, I mean, I used to sit there in my office and joke to myself how much people had to pay. And that was the thing you know, I hate. I love practicing law. I love helping people. I hated the finances of, of the legal community, you know, that people had a, that, that, that quality legal representation was just that cost prohibitive, right? Even the $14,000, you know, you know, you know, is, is a lot. I would always joke, I can't afford me. I should get another job. But if this is your career, this is, you know, what you want to do, you know, you don't, you don't have that, you don't have that luxury. You know, so, you know, I'm not happy that you had that experience, but I'm happy that you shared that experience.
1: And I think what you also need to know, Alex, is things have really changed over the last 10, 20, 15, 10, five years. Um, the exposure for federal employees has increased exponentially um, for various reasons. Um, but, you know, 24 hour news cycles, social media, it has exacerbated so much in our lives, in our world, and for federal employees, what it does is it just opens the floodgates. And um, there's attacks every night on the news um, against federal employees. And, um, and when I talked about you know, you know you keeping me employed, it breaks our hearts when someone calls and says, hey, I met you at a conference seven years ago. And I put your application, I was going to get it, but I never got it. And it's still sitting in my inbox seven years later. And it's three, it was 300 bucks. And now this, this person has to pay 14 grand. And, you know, I don't have 14 grand sitting around to just, I you know, who has that kind of money? So um, it's heartbreaking. I'll be real honest. It's heartbreaking. And Tony's on the phone all the time dealing with people and um, it's, it's, I feel like I fail when I get that phone call and I know Tony does as well. When you get the phone call from the person who didn't have the insurance and now they have this situation, it's too late. It's too late. So didn't mean to bring it down there voice, but.
2: No, but I, but we, we get that call all the time. All the people, you know, Tony, I, you know, myself to blame. I've been to some of your lectures. I've been meaning to get it. I just, I just, you know, never get around to it, you know, and, I joke in here, you know, people are always calling us after something is happening. And I'd be, and it
1: takes five minutes. It takes five minutes.
2: I would say the time to get your insurance is not after the National Weather Service names the hurricane. You
0: know, yeah. You're absolutely right. And, and man, I wish I would have had it. Um, But as you said, Tony, I didn't have it
2: as a federal employee, right? (laughs) I didn't know about it. I mean, it's that's part of that is part of the problem is you will, agencies aren't educating you on that well enough and i'm going to pick on lawyers you'll have agency lawyers tell you you don't need it you know they will outright tell you because they're only thinking about it from one you know narrow point of view on the civil lawsuit side of thing you know that it's you know that they believe you know You'll be scoped as long as you know you're in the interest of the United States and you know, representation. So you are getting legal advice from your own lawyers. Often, I find telling you you don't need it. Um, so that's kind of like what we're up against in the in the educational, you know, you know, platform. But but I think agencies are getting better. Sorry, and
1: that's my biggest challenge. So um, I go out, I meet all these people, I have a great time, I learn so much, but um, I'm walking in there. Or Tony's walking in there after the agency attorney. Who, when attorney, when an attorney says something, you tend to believe what they're saying. Um, and they're not trying to steer you in the wrong direction. They're just thinking of it from just like Tony said, this one small area. And um, you know, they to have the insha- insurance person walk in and say, "Well, you need this insurance." They're like, "Well, why am I going to listen to her when my agency attorney just said this, this, and this?" And I don't know if we covered this or not, but the policy covers administrative, civil, and criminal exposure. So it's a very broad policy that's very unique to federal employees because only federal employees have the, these exposures. A doctor, for example, a private practice um, physician, they have a civil exposure. They are, that is what they're worried about, malpractice lawsuits. Um, a federal physician is worried about that, and uh, if they're in a supervisory role, which many of them are, they're worried about all of the all of the administrative investigations that they could be subject to, which include, you know, allegations of um, hostile work environment, harassment, discrimination. All of these things fall under the administrative portion of the policy. So the policy coverage the, the policy provides defense. In areas that span the exposures that federal employees have for that one price, if that makes sense.
0: Well, I, I I'd love now to ask you a little, a little bit of a slightly different question um, because we're, we're talking about selling. We're talking about selling an idea that someone needs something, and and the reality is is you know as all of us know, as a leader, as anyone, we are always having to sell, whether it's selling the the, the need for insurance, selling the need for a new program, selling the need for someone to hire me, it's selling. But we also know that people we're talking to are more likely to buy something they want versus something they need. So how do you go about convincing people to do something that they need versus it being a want? Well,
2: go ahead.
1: I was going to say that makes it very, very difficult. Um, And often Tony says, you know, for 150 bucks or 300 bucks, that's a night out or a weekend out, not a night for most of us, but a weekend, you know, you're spending, it's one weekend a year is what you're going to spend on this insurance. And a lot of people will say that it provides peace of mind. I don't like when people say that because it's much, much more than that. I get it. And I understand why people say it provides peace of mind, but you're not just buying peace of mind. And if that makes you feel good and that fills a want, um, you know, that's great, but you really do need this insurance. And if we have to sell peace of mind because it fills that want for someone, then yes, we will but um, people need to be educated about their exposures and about what the policy covers um, because it is a need.
2: But I think that's, that's, you know, it's a really great question, Alex, because it's, because that is the challenge. It is the challenge to convert the need to a want. And that's what we're doing. That's what you're trying to do. And that is, you know, and, and and that really puts your your finger on 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 what our, our our challenge is. You know, they have to not want to dip into their thrift savings plan. They have to not want, you know, to to, yeah. to worry about, you know, who's going to be looking out for them. Not want, you know, what are to understand what are my rights in this. So that goes to the heart of, of the education. Um, and something else that we do that that I think really helps with our, you know, our, our messaging, our sales, you know, as, as you pointed out, is we do a lot of of marketing through our federal employee associations. So, you know, our endorsements, you know, are important. Um, and these organizations, like the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, the Senior Executives Association, Federal Managers Association, National Association of United States Attorneys, the Social Security Managers Association, I can go on and on and on. You know, they, you know, they endorse us um, because you know they really, you know, you know, it's not about us giving them money or things like that um they're not a nascar or anything like that you know it's about they know that we're we're really trying to do you know right by federal employees and we're in their their community but where the associations are great uh for us is they really help with with the educational messaging it's like like because it's two things it's like you need this insurance and here's why you know and here's why we think you know here's why we're endorsing feds you know over 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 all others but that's powerful from a sales point of view. So that's a lot what Brenda does. She's working the association to say, look, here's how you need to sell, you know, not for us, but for your members, you know, and, and, and here's how you get it out, because that's more powerful than the lawyer turned insurance agent trying to sell you, you know, a $290 policy. But if it's somebody you respect, the president of your association is out there saying, look, you need this. I've had it. I've had to use it, you know, and here's why, you know, this is a company that I have, you know, you know, who I use that, you know, that is far more powerful. And, and similar to that, we, we, and this is something, you know, Brenda works very hard at as well. We really work with the agencies, you know, to educate them, Um, you know, to educate their leaders, to, you know, to get there and do, webinars, do, you know, webcasts like this just to provide, you know, education, not to sell them, but just to educate them, you know, on, on what the vulnerabilities are. And then if that manager then turns around and there's a young, you know, new manager like yourself coming in and the manager says, you need this, you know, you're more apt to, you know, to, to listen. Um, so, but, but that is a great question because, you know, that is, you um, You know, something I may even, you know, take to my next staff meeting, you know, with my guys and say, look, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to convert this need, what we believe is a need, to a want. And how do we do that? So thank you.
0: I I, no, you're very welcome. (laughs) And you know, I, I your answers make me think of just the honestly the the foundation, the basics of influence. I always tell people it's like being back in high school, you know, when, you're, when they tell you to write a report or write a report or write something like a newspaper article, they would say the who, what, when, where, and how, why, and why. There's why. Um, it's the same thing for influence, right? You know, who needs to say it? When does it need to be said? Why does it need to be said? You have to ask yourself those questions. And as you guys both talked about right now, both of you talked about is knowing who. Maybe it's not the lawyer who needs to say this. Maybe it's the the supervisor. Maybe it's the the organization's um, chair. Understanding who is the best messenger for for an idea is critical. And so I love how you guys have, have, have both of you have done have been very intentional with doing this. I am particularly interested in getting a story from one of you. Um, earlier on, you started you started with saying that. There were a few high-level cases, and I know you guys are you know, legal people, so you can't share everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd love to just hear—you know—what's an interesting case that you guys have worked on that you think the audience will be interested in hearing?
3: <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Alex Tremble Show. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors.
0: Federal open season is over, but you can apply for Weipa Life Insurance year-round. WEPA has been insuring the future of federal employees for more than 75 years. WEPA can be used as a supplement or a replacement for Fegley, and can cost less. Last year, members who switched saved $375 on average. Apply for WEPA Group Term Life Insurance and see how much you could save by visiting WAEPA.org today.
3: The results are in! Research has found that networking is one of the four skills absolutely required to successfully advance in your career. However, when asked, most government employees state that they don't network because they believe that networking is for extroverts and for people who care more about their own careers than the organization's mission. But what if there was a way to ethically network without looking self-absorbed and being a super extrovert? Well, there is. Alex Tremble has created a seven-week online networking course specifically designed to give ambitious leaders like yourself the skills needed to become a strategic networker. This course uses time-tested and research-backed strategies to help you identify, build, and maintain critical relationships with influential leaders. Visit alextremble.com slash courses slash networking to learn more about his networking model today. Use the discount code Family on the checkout screen to receive a 20% discount. Don't delay. Enroll today at alextremble.com slash courses slash networking. And now back to The Alex Tremble Show with your host, Alex Tremble.
2: Sure. Well, let me, let me give, um, let me go back in time and just talk, briefly talk about the case that started it all. Um, and this is back in 1971, um, and it's a, a case called Bibbins versus six unknown narcotic agents. Um, and that was the precursor to the Drug Enforcement Administration, um, and it was the case, the first case where um, the Supreme Court created this, this judicially derived um, uh, constitutional tort, where it said federal employees can can now be sued uh, personally, and that's what you know gave birth to you know all the liability stuff, and you know and the insurance as well. So these um, officers, you know, went into um, were serving a warrant in Brooklyn, um, went into the wrong row house, dragged out the wrong guy, um, you know, paraded him up and down the street in front of his neighbors, um, you know, and, you know, and essentially violated his constitutional rights, Um, you know, uh, not intentionally, you know, but, you know, torts you know, are about negligence. So, so, you know, were they negligent in doing so? And cause there was no other remedy available to them. And there was a activist Supreme court at the time. And they said, that, yeah, you know, officers can be held, you know, personally liable for these kinds of, these kinds of things, you know, they don't have what's called absolute immunity like they do for lawsuits under, under the federal tort claims act. So look, in the wake of, you know, the tragedy in Minnesota, you know, last year to George Floyd um, matter, you know, we've heard a lot of rhetoric about qualified immunity and immunity and, and officer immunity and, and, and things like this, things like that. Um, you know, the, the federal sector for years have, have not had absolute immunity, kind of like the state and locals have. Um, so, you know, some of the, the, the rhetoric you hear is about changing the state and local stuff to be more like um, you know the federal, but that's 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 a whole different show we can we can talk about. So so that's a good example. Um, other great examples that people wouldn't um, really you know appreciate is wildland fire fighters. You know, so you know these are your force service. You know, Bureau Land Management, National Park Service firefighters that that are fighting fire. You know, we had a horrific. Um, fire season last year out in California. You know, a lot of these are in the Northwest and and things like that. Um, A lot of people are surprised to learn that when a fire goes bad, um, because firefighting is dangerous and somebody dies, the, the inspector general offices for these agencies come in and run a manslaughter investigation against the federal manager who's managing the fire to see if they were negligent. Wow! Um, in in doing that, and then there's a whole host of other administrative investigations that happen that they're subjected to. My personal favorite is OSHA. Okay, the you know OSHA comes in and runs a safety investigation to tell you how to keep a burning forest a safe work environment. And So <laughs> I I'd love to see um <laughs> you know you know how they how they do that. Um, another good one I think is is one that involved ATF that's, that's fairly public um, is um, it's called Project Gun Runner or, or the Fast and Furious investigation. This is where ATF had allowed um, guns to, to, they call it walk to Mexico. So guns, unlike drugs, aren't contraband. So you can legally own you know, a gun, but there is something called a straw purchase where you know I can purchase a gun legally And then I turn around and I sell it to somebody who can't legally possess a gun. So what ATF was trying to do is, is, you know, rather than just bust these individual straw purchasers, we're going to let it go and we're going to see where they're taking the gun to. And it was ultimately to the drug cartel, but they let it get through into Mexico, you know, and it was, you know, a whole thing. And it ended up a lot of these guns were found um, in an area where a big um, confrontation occurred between Border Patrol. And the drug cartel and a border patrol agent, you know, sadly was killed, um, not by one of these guns, but they were all commingled there, so it was created a lot of, lot of rhetoric. You know, uh, border patrol um, agent um, Terry Ryan Terry should, should at least say his name. Um, so that's a good example of you know that started off as a criminal investigation where the ATF agents criminally negligent in allowing that. They said no, it switched to uh, OIG. You know investigation disciplinary action they all face disciplinary action because you know the the agency says you were told not to do this this and this and you did this this and this Um, without getting into the facts it also turned into a congressional investigation um so you know if they had a policy they would have representation throughout all what i call cradle to gray from the start of it to the conclusion and then ultimately there were civil lawsuits um, from the families, and there was a, another um, agent that was ends up, you know, killed and and you know. So if they had a policy, they were going to be protected, um, you know, with that, with that throughout. The other big example, you know, big world example that we could talk about, you know, is the impeachment proceedings, um, and we we represented um, Ambassador Bill Taylor to the Ukraine ambassador um you know so i mean that's a good example about hey i didn't sign up for this you know it's it's an impeachment proceeding at the time it was the second one in our republic you know and i'll never forget my claims director was saying hey can you explain to me how this legal proceeding works i go i'm gonna need to get back to you and he says weren't you the lawyer here and i'm like listen it's only happened once and that was andrew jackson back in whatever year um so but that kind of show you know like you know, and that grand scheme is, so all these foreign service officers had to testify. Some had liability insurance, some did, some had with other companies and weren't covered. Um, you know, if you, if you were with us, you were, you know, you know, you didn't have to scramble to find, you know, how am I going to pay for legal counsel? Because that is not something you're showing up to on your own. I'll mm-hmm. tell you, right? <laughs> you know, so, and the agency certainly is not sending, you know, you know, lawyers, lawyers with you. So that was a, you know, a big, you know, kind of, you know, more, more, you know, recent use of the policy. you know, and then there are just, you know, every other run-of-the-mill investigations, what you would call employee practices liability. Somebody files an EEO complaint, somebody files a whistleblower retaliation complaint, you know, against you, you know, you know, so any sort of, you know, allegation, you know, involving your, you know, your job, you know, you're just going to be, you're going to be covered.
1: And I think there's two things I want to mention about what you just said, Tony. Managers and supervisors, um, they face the types of investigations, the EPLI types of investigations all the time, and they may have 9, 15, 20 of them that go away with no problem. It's that one that hits you and then you need to get, um, you know, defense counsel in place for that. So you could have EEO complaint after EEO complaint and be okay. It's not until that one hits where you're not okay. and and it's not, it's, it doesn't even have to be something that you did. It's just the manner in which, it's just the manner of the allegation. So um, the Religious Freedom Act, for example, um, managers, it is very hard sometimes, and I don't think federal employees appreciate this, you're doing your job. And you're expected to be aware of everything that's happening in the office with your subordinates, with, you know, you're, you're supposed to be aware of everything. And then you're also supposed to be aware of every policy and procedure. And it's impossible. You know, it's just, you, you, you can't, we're human, you know, you can't. And I think the scariest thing about that is when something happens at an agency and it ends up on the news, investigations start and it, when investigators start coming in and Tony always uses the example of when they, when somebody puts the microscope on you, they're, you know, no one's perfect. And that's the scary thing about it. And I don't mean to scare people. We generally don't do that, but it's a scary thing to know that this happens all the time, yet people aren't aware of it. So um, Tony, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, it could be, some something starts up on the news about you. Know, let's let's talk about Lois Lerner, for example, right? So you talk, that had some of the people that were involved or, or disciplined or investigated as a result of that had absolutely nothing to do with the original allegations.
2: And that's the that's the Tea Party the Tea Party scandal, you know. She was involved in, and there were you know that thing you know spread um, you know, all over involved all the lawyers, um, in Cincinnati who had ever, you know, touched it. And, and again, they all try to buy the policy after the fact, you know, and, and, you know, when the, when the stuff hits the fan, it's, it's just, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's just unfortunately too, too late.
1: And attorneys too. And I, Alex, I don't know if you ever even thought about this. I was surprised to learn this. Um, you know, you think, some people think, I thought that, you know, attorneys happen to know everything. You know, it's, it, you know, they're, they're an attorney. They know everything about everything. They know everything about the law, every aspect of the law. You know, you don't you don't give it a whole lot of thought because you're not an attorney. You just kind of look at them as though they got it all together, right? Well, attorneys in the federal they have specialties. And um, not everybody is a federal employment law attorney. That's number one. Um, you can't hire your cousin Vinny to represent you. When he doesn't have experience representing federal empl- you know, federal employees, I, you have to have an expertise. and um,
2: the, well, the, the, the true vulnerability for a lot of the, the the attorneys in the federal government are your federal prosecutors and when they work in the U.S. Attorney's Office, because a judge can throw a case out and do all these things for for all kinds of reasons i know we're not political here on this show but but it often is for political reasons and they'll make allegations of prosecutorial professional misconduct and you better believe the department of justice investigates those things i mean that's the other thing here is is particularly when you talk about people involved in law enforcement um you know you have a lot of power okay you know you have a you have a you have the ability to take somebody's Liberty take their life, you know. I always say you got the most vulnerabilities. You got the gun, you know. You got the the three toys, um, you know the the gun, the badge, and the car. But it's really the badge and that power. And you know, and you know, and I tell people all the time. And the, you know, and there was a lot of upset law enforcement officers this last year after the George Floyd, you know, incident because they felt it was you know it was a whole attack on them. But it's like, look, you've got a lot of power, and what comes with that is scrutiny, you know, and we need to have that scrutiny If for nothing else, for for accountability. Um, And these attorneys
1: have a lot of power. And Tony just did a, uh, and attorneys are reimbursed for half the cost as well. The majority of attorneys are um, reimbursed for half the cost as well. Um, There's a lot of employees actually within the federal government um, that are reimbursed uh, for half the cost. But anyway, Tony just did a phenomenal webinar with um, NASA. Right, Tony? That was maybe a month
2: ago? Yeah, that's, the, that's the association that represents the National, the, the, the Assistant United States Attorneys. You know, so yeah, we just did a specific thing for them that talks about, you know, their their specific, you know, exposures. So, so, yeah, so there's a lot of other, you know, jobs in there and, you know, that, that are have particular vulnerabilities. I mean, the bottom line is I always say, look, if I've got, if I can have five minutes with every federal employee, I'll sell them a policy. Yep,
1: yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh-huh. But I can't which is why it's great to be invited on shows like this. <laughs> well, <laughs> You've got, you got millions of listening right now. <laughs> well,
0: you, you, you know, um, I, I know I'm, I always try to be respectful of your time. I know you have so much stuff to do. Um, one, I would have loved to actually get into a more political realm because one of the the questions I, I did want to just kind of touch on, I don't know if we have time, is it seems like in this world we're in, things are and have become much more political. So there, must, there may be a more... Of a of a need for again just protection. Um, there's the uh, the author of the book um, Influence, and also the he also the author of the book uh, Prefluence, um, Doctor childini I think the, the father of Influence, and he tells people in that book, if you are being investigated for anything, if you if you have an investigator comes to you, if a cop comes to you, wants to wants to interview you, lawyer up, not because you did anything wrong but because these people are trained to get confessions. Like they they literally do it for a living. And so it's very easy for you to make a a wrong statement on accident, not trying to do anything, but it is, it now looks like you're doing something different. Um, So he just talked about the importance of being prepared and having, having counsel people who are trained to protect you in that, that realm. Um, I know we're supposed to be wrapping up right now. and I want to give the floor back to you to see if there's any additional thoughts you'd like to share or not. Um, but I, I kind of saw your head shake a little bit. Do you believe that the, the atmosphere we're in is becoming more political and that's something that managers and employees should be thinking about?
2: Yeah. And, and, and to your point, I would say we talk about lawyering up and things like that. I mean, I mean, just to make a, 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 a real fine point about that, um, if for no other reason to understand your rights and obligations, because that's what we have found is nobody is explaining it to them on the agency side. Um, and we are the first ones um, to do that. So let me give you an example is is you know, if you're a subject of an office and inspector general um, investigation, OIGs, um, if every agency has one, they're the watchdog for the agency. These um, men and women are are federal agents. They're law enforcement officers first. So people are surprised to learn, even though you were required to cooperate with the investigation, not every request for an interview is is what's called compelled often they're voluntary and if you sit down and submit to a voluntary interview you've just waived your fifth amendment right to silence um and a lot of federal employees don't know that you get a knock on the door they come in hey i'm so-and-so from me i want to like clear up a few things with you about this this and this you know it's like hey I have this insurance. I'm gonna check in with my lawyer. I'm gonna cooperate. We'll get back in, in touch with you. And I can tell you, and any of us lawyers that, that have practiced in this area, the times that I can tell you that I've allowed insureds, you know, or my clients to sit down for a voluntary interview with a criminal investigator are far and few between. You know, you had to be at a level that you can't hide behind. You know, you, you don't trade all your constitutional rights just because you're a federal employee. You know, so that is that is absolutely a crucial one. And then your other point is really true. I mean, I I just, you know, you know, it used to be that, you know, and and when I say this, you know, investigators get mad at me, but I'm going to say it anyway. I mean, it, it used to be that some of these investigators saw it as part of their job to clear federal officials. Um, you know, it seems like that day is gone and, and they're you know when they're investigating, it seems like they're more focused on making a case, even if it's not the underlying thing they're investigating. You know, they're just sometimes seeing everything that stick, you know, they could throw on the wall and see what sticks. Um, but we are, you know, just with more transparency, the, the the way we're in this 24/7 news cycle and things like that, you know, investigations are up. They're gonna they're gonna look at it. You know, they're gonna look at you know almost everything because because there has been a history of sweeping things under the rug. You know, in our in our country and in our government. Um, so you know, I like I said to the federal law enforcement officers last year. You know, we should welcome the scrutiny. You know, and and you know it's 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 part of it's part of the job. You're doing things. Um, the right way, you know, and it allows us to have, it allows public the public to have confidence in what we're doing and how we're doing it. So.
0: So thank you so much, Tony, Brenda. Uh, I do want to open really quickly. Is there anything that you'd like to share? Any last thoughts before we wrap up? Um, let's start with Brenda, then we'll end with Tony.
1: You know what? I just want people to understand that they per, People within the federal government, even though the policy is the same for everyone, they purchase it for different reasons. If you don't understand what your vulnerabilities are, please call us. We will explain them to you. We have information for you. Um, there's law enforcement officers are purchasing it for a different reason than managers and supervisors. You are purchasing for a different reason than federal veterinarians. They're purchasing it for a different reason than contracting officers. And we could have a whole show on each one of these. Um, professions within the federal government and the examples would be different. The things that we talk about would be different. So I just, everyone has vulnerabilities, the extent of which um, those change or, you know, that can change. And I just encourage people to call us and find out or visit our website, fedsprotection.com to get more information because there is a lot of information on there. There's webinars, there's, Um, if, and if you don't see your information, it doesn't mean that you don't have exposure. There's just only so much, there's only so much you can have out there at one time. And thank you for having us. We really, really appreciate it.
2: Hey, thank you so much, Brenda. Tony? I would, I would, um. I would, I guess, just like to end on, on this note. Um, and first of all, um, thank you, Alex, thanks for having us. Um, and thank you for what you do, um, in providing this important information, uh, to federal employees. Um, and that's kind of what I, what I want to end on, um, just tell this real quick story, um, you know, about what we do at feds and, and how we believe it's our public service, you know, as well. Um, I left ATF in uh, May of 2001 and went to go work in my law firm. Um, what happened a few months later was 9-11. Um, I had this tremendous, you know, feeling of, you know, of helplessness. You know, what am I doing out here at a law firm? You know, making my partners rich, billing the hour, you know, things like that. And I had only known public service before then. I had been in the military, um, you know, worked for a federal judge, worked VA, ATF and I had wanted to go back to the government. I had called over and yeah, we'll take you back, you know, but I stayed, you know, and I, I really reconciled what I was doing, you know, in, in representing federal executives, managers, law enforcement officers, you know, intelligence people. I'd loved, that I was, that I was carrying out my public service that way by, by, by helping them. Um, and that's kind of, you know, my mantra, the, the passion that, that I've taken in, in starting this company Um, you know, when we started off and talked about leadership, um, that's one of my most important things to communicate, um, you know, to all my employees, you know, whether you're a baby right out of college, you know, or, or you've been working in the insurance industry, um, for years, um, they need to know who we serve and, 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 and why we serve, and and to a man and a woman i believe you know that they've got a lot of professional pride you know in that in that they're doing that that they're helping you know and and you know just some you know a little bit that is just an element of of our public service um to them as well so i'll end on that
0: well again thank you so much tony thank you so much brenda i i really learned so much today I've learned a lot today. And again, if I, if, and when I go back to the federal service um, I definitely will have um, insurance because it just makes sense. I mean, literally you shared the number like $5,000 over a lifetime. It, there, there's almost no reason why not to. Um, and I don't want to sound like a broken record to everyone, but I'm going to sound like a broken record to everyone. Don't just keep this information to yourself. If you found what we shared here today, uh, to be of value, share it with someone else. Don't just look back, reach back. If you know there's someone else who can benefit from what you heard today, make sure you grab them, make them sit, sit them down, not in a way that's going to get you in trouble and you need a lawyer, but you know, <laughs> encourage them to listen to this episode. And then look, I'd love to see you on our other channels, whether it be Instagram, whether it be YouTube. You know, there's so many op- ways to to connect with us and share your your thoughts and ideas. So I will end as I always do. Stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving. Bye.
3: Thanks for listening. Find us online at thealextrembleshow.com and be sure to share what you've learned with at least one other person today. Check back on the first and third Wednesday of each month for new episodes. Until next time, stay strong, stay positive and definitely stay moving.